This is New Bedford's News Talk Station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit App Chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And good morning. Hope things are starting off well for you today. It's uh, it's already starting off well for me because although the sun is out, there's some clouds in front of it. So it's not directly in front of my face, which is a huge help uh, when you're sitting in front of these giant glass windows this early in the morning. I don't know how Phil did it every day battling that sun. When I used to host the Saturday morning show around this time of year, we didn't have the nice fancy shades that we have in here now. I think, what did we have? I think we had those slat blinds, you know, like the, the ones that go long ways. And they didn't always work because everybody would force them. And so I used to have to come in here on Saturday mornings and wear sunglasses while I was doing the show. People probably walked by the window thinking that I thought that I was, you know, Dr. Johnny Fever in here. Kids, that's uh, from a show called WKRP in Cincinnati. If you've never seen it, check it out. Uh, you only you can only really find it on YouTube these days because all of the licensed music that they had in the show makes it impossible for them to put it on a streaming service. And that's, you know, by the way, that's something that really irks me. And I don't know how much it irks you too, but there's a lot of shows that I would love to go back and revisit, but I can't because the music licensing keeps them off streaming services. And then if they do put them on the streaming services, they replace that music with something that's like a generic sounding knockoff of what was there originally. And that actually irks me more than not being able to find the actual show itself. I had the plan for many years to sit down and watch The Wonder Years from start to finish again. It was one of my favorite shows of all time. Made me feel all kinds of things when I was younger. You know, I felt like I went through all of the trials and tribulations and heartbreak with Kevin Arnold and that it that it mirrored what was going on in my own life. And what's funny is my dad would watch the show with me and be like, this, this was my life. This was me growing up in the 60s. This is exactly what it was like for me to be that age. But... I went to go back and rewatch it, and right from the beginning, the Joe Cocker theme song was replaced with something that sounded close to it but wasn't the same. And I was like, yeah, no, I can't do this. I can't do it without the original music because the music was such an important part of that show. There was one particular scene that will always stand out in my mind where, you know, Kevin and, and I guess Winnie had broken up or things weren't going the way that they were supposed to, and you just see Kevin sitting there and or maybe he was standing in the street, and they play I Am A Rock by Simon and Garfunkel. And it's one of the best uses of music to set a mood of anything that I've ever seen. And now if you watch it, you get some generic knockoff song in there instead. So they did come out with it all on DVD years ago, which I believe had the licensed music, but I, I couldn't afford to buy that. It's like a $300 set. Anyway, that's beside the point. Although we can certainly talk about some of the old television shows you can find on streaming now because I've, I've realized how many of them are actually out there. What happened was a lot of folks were upset when MeTV was taken off the Providence airwaves. 
And for some reason, people seem to think that I'm the television guru when it comes to figuring out how to find things. So people will reach out to me and say, Tim, do you know where I can watch this or that or this or that? And all I do is just Google it and I usually find it. But sometimes I will take my Comcast remote, speak into it, say, uh, you know, Miami Vice. And then it will bring up all the viewing options for that show. And sometimes it's, you know, rent or buy it because you can purchase it from some of the streaming services or purchase it from like Amazon and watch it. But a lot of times there's a whole bunch of free streaming apps that are on your cable that you don't even know about because you've never gone through the apps menu and gone through all the built-in apps that are already built into your Xfinity box and gone through the programming that's on them. But there they are. So many of the shows that you would love to watch again. And when you voice search it, it'll show you what some of those options are. Not all of them, but for a good majority of them. But I found so many. You know what I was watching a few weeks ago? 80s TV fans will remember a show that was very short-lived called Sledgehammer. It was about a cop. It was a comedy show about a cop whose name was Sledgehammer. And he had a giant gun that he would talk to. And uh, for you Succession fans, he was played by David Rashi, the guy who plays Carl now on Succession. But it's a show that was kind of lost for a long time, that you, you didn't see reruns of it anywhere because who wanted to watch this show that only lasted two seasons? That was so obscure and weird. But I found it again. And then this past weekend, I was watching Max Headroom. You know, old clips of Max Headroom. The Max Headroom Show, the Max Talking Headroom Show. He had a couple of different... I couldn't find the, the dramatic series, Max Headroom, 20 Minutes Into the Future, but I, I was, I'm, I'm going to find it. But that's the great thing about streaming. You can find anything. And with streaming, you can hear WBSM in crystal clear FM sound, no matter where you are, with the WBSM app, brought to you by South Coast Towing. But it's, it's the same idea, the same technology. I was watching the 2010s on CNN, and it talked about this this past episode, uh, which was episode two of the season, talked about the importance of streaming and what it did to the music industry. And I'm sure there's going to be, you know, more focus in the future on what it's done for the television industry. They had the first episode was television, but they usually have a technology episode, too. In these series, so I'm assuming that the technology one will dive a little bit more into into streaming and the way that it delivers the product, as opposed to just you know what the content of the product is, which is what the the television episode did. Anyway, five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you want to discuss any of that, we also have a lot of other things that we can discuss today. Uh, by the way, normally on Wednesdays. On my 9 to 12 program, New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell joins me for an hour. We call it Midweek with the Mayor. And he comes in at 11 o'clock on Wednesdays. And we will talk about what's going on in the city. You know, usually the the mayor's office has a list of some things that we can discuss. And I have a list of some things that we can discuss. And then we take phone calls from the audience. And that usually leads to us not discussing any of the things that we planned on discussing because we get so many phone calls from folks. But that's your time to talk to the mayor directly and ask him questions. Uh, Because I am now going to be filling in this time slot for the foreseeable future, uh, New Bedford Mayor John Mitchell will join us 
because of traveling. and He can't do Wednesday this week, but he will join us Thursday morning in the 8 o'clock hour. So you will have the opportunity to call in and speak with the mayor Thursday morning at 8 o'clock. So uh, that'll, be, um, that'll be a little bit different for you, right, to have a chance to ask the mayor a question nice and early. And, of course, we understand people can't always call in and they may have a question. If that's the case, you can always send it via app chat on the WBSM app, which all you have to do is open up the app, hit that app chat button, and it's like sending us a text. And you don't have to wait until the mayor's in the studio to send that. In fact, I would actually recommend sending it before that because sometimes when I'm in the studio talking with the mayor, I don't get to check app chat as much as I'd want to. You know how it is. It, to me, sitting here a lot of the times with a guest in the studio is like, and looking at a computer is like when you are out to dinner with somebody and you take out your phone and are looking at your phone. You feel like you're being rude. You feel like you should limit how much you're looking at the screens, even though there's things that I need to check, like for commercials, how much time do we have until we have to take a break? How long is that break going to be? You know, what's going on over here? What's going on over there? But I still feel a little bit rude about it. So I don't, I don't look at the app chat as much as I do the rest of the time. So if you want to send your question ahead of time, that would be helpful. You can always send it via app chat or email me anytime, Tim at WBSM.com. Do you, do you do that? Do you pull your phone out when you're with other people? My general rule of thumb on it is if I'm out with somebody, it depends on who the person is. If it's somebody that I know very well, like a family member, or if I'm out with my son, you know, we, if we're going out to, to grab something to eat or, you know, I'll put my phone on the table, but I'll usually put it face down so that, you know, I'm not distracted by any push notifications that might come through. I have my watch on. So if anything, you know, major happens, if there's a phone call and it's ringing or something, I'll, cause I keep my phone on silent, you know, my watch will let me know, but I generally, and I might glance at my watch if, if something comes through, but I don't really open it up and look at it or pick up my phone and look at it. And if I'm out with somebody that I, I really don't know all that well, or that I don't get to see all that often, I'll just keep my phone in my pocket. I'm usually a back pocket phone person, though, so I have to move it to my front pocket. So it may come out and go on the table just for, for comfort reasons. But I find that I don't look at it. But then if the other person starts looking at their phone, I grab my phone. Because it is awkward when somebody else is looking at their phone and you're sitting there twiddling your thumbs doing nothing. So then I will... I will look at my phone at the same time. And then that feels even more weird because you did it just because the other person did it. So one thing that I want to discuss this morning, and by the way, if you don't wake up every day and check out WBSM.com and the WBSM app, you're not starting your day off the right way. You got to start off reading all of our great content. I can promise you that if you are waking up at this hour, 90% of the time on a weekday, you are going to be waking up to finding two new articles from Barry Richard every day. Barry writes his articles the day before we publish them. We get them edited, ready. We publish them the next morning so that they're ready for you when you wake up so that you have some fresh content to read. Because 
Kate comes in. She starts gathering the news. It might be a little bit before she has all the information, the details to post up some news. We want to make sure that you have something to read. Because if you're like me and you don't have to get up at the time that you get up, you know, you're waking up a little bit earlier than you actually need to get out of bed. Sometimes you grab your phone, you scroll through and just see what's going on. What's the news of the day? What's happening? And sometimes you just want to read an article while you're still kind of comfy and warm in your bed before you get up and start moving around in your day. Some of you need some reading material when you're in the bathroom. <laughs> that's, I'm sure that's where people read my articles most of the time. You want something to, to check out while you're sitting there eating your bowl of cereal or your bacon and eggs. So we want to have fresh content for you every day. And this morning, Barry has an article. Massachusetts has the potential for killer tornadoes. And he talks about it's something that people take for granted. They, oh, we don't get tornadoes around here. No, we absolutely do. And Barry goes through some of the bigger tornadoes that have happened in New England in recent years. He talks about how many lives were lost in some of these tornadoes. In recorded history, at least 200 people in New England have died in tornadoes. Now, a lot of those were in earlier years where we didn't have the type of technology that we have now to predict when they would happen. We usually get, and we usually get tornadoes that are relatively weak. So you know how they have, you know, the F1, F2, F3, F4, F5. We usually have like F0, F1 tornadoes. But there have been, about 30% of the tornadoes that have happened here have been F2 or higher. Only 1% have been 4 or 5. But you can read about some of these past historical tornado occurrences. But we're heading into tornado season. And I had a few incidents, you know, over the years that made me a little bit more concerned and cautious about tornadoes. One was a few years ago, I actually had a microburst happen right outside my home. Now, a, a, microver a microburst has been described as kind of like an inverse tornado. And this microburst took place right outside the window of my home office. I was in my home office at the time, working, writing an article for the Standard Times. And all of a sudden, I just heard this, like, extremely loud crack. And I thought, well, I think the tree just got struck by lightning, but nothing else happened. There was no power surge. There was no blackout. There was no... You know, I didn't see a flash of light. I didn't hear or feel the crackle of electricity. I just heard like this, this cracking sound. And I went outside and I looked and, and the tree that was outside my office had split right down the middle. And it was, a, it was a relatively large tree, not height wise, but in terms of the amount of space that it took up with all the branches and everything. And now that it was split, it was leaning up against the house and blocking the walkway and all over. And, and I'm looking and there's no signs of any burning because that was my first concern is if lightning struck the tree, are there flames anywhere? Is it going to catch the house on fire leaning up against the house? No flames, no singes, nothing. 
And so I called the fire department to tell them what had happened. And I said, I don't know if you need to come and check this out or what. And the person on the, at the fire department said, sounds like a microburst. And so I looked it up and I was like, well, that's probably what happened. And then I think it was 2021, there were tornadoes that actually were spotted on the Cape. And there, some of them were in like the upper Cape area. And one had kind of touched down in the Plymouth area. And so I, you know, the TV had the alert on it. All, you know, my phone went off with an alert saying to seek cover and all of that. So I actually had to take my dog and go down into my basement. And at that time, I was probably, what, 43, 40, yeah, 42, 43 years old. And in all those years of my life, I had never had to do that. I had never had to be concerned about a tornado. But I spent the better part of an hour maybe even an hour and a half in my basement getting updates on my phone and listening to the radio. And I, I never imagined that living in Wareham, Massachusetts, I would be in a basement ordered to shelter from a potential tornado. I was ready to just ride it out in the living room in front of the television. But everything said to, to, seek, to seek cover, seek shelter. And so everybody thinks, oh, you know, there's no reason to do that. It doesn't happen around here. Well, it happened around here. And so I made sure that I just always kept some extra stuff in the basement. Case of water, a couple of cans of beans and some extra dog food, just in case. Because if something had happened, who knows if we would have been stuck down there. But these are things that you don't think can happen here. Well, Barry's article, if you read it at WBSM.com and on the app, will tell you differently. 508-996-0500. Let's take a break and be back in a few moments. Well, we're not going to rumble. I don't want to fight Kate Robinson, especially not this early in the morning and also because she would destroy me. Exactly. I was just going to say, you know you can't take me. I know that you have, uh, you know, you've traveled around the world and you've been all over. Uh, have you studied any martial arts in all of your all of your travels? I have a, a little bit. Um, when I was at Edinburgh University, I did capoeira, which isn't really, it's more of a dance, but it's nice. Um, and then when I was in Vietnam, my friend taught me a little bit of arnis. So it's Philippine stick fighting. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Well, uh, just don't, do you have any sticks in the newsroom? I, anything I don't, you can do any damage with? But I, sh but I should. <laughs> She's going to like take a paper towel roll and just use that as a weapon well, against me. Well, yeah. In theory, you can use anything that's kind of oblong, like even a water bottle. Okay. So watch out. Just going to be a lot nicer to Kate Robinson. I'm just going to play your music right now and let you do the news. I don't want to. I don't want to upset you in any way.
Eleven Indonesian villagers from Asa province have reached a confidential financial settlement with oil giant ExxonMobil. BBC News reports the villagers have been at the center of a two-decade-long legal battle over alleged human rights abuses. They say they endured torture, sexual assault and beatings, even witnessing loved ones being shot by Indonesian soldiers contracted by ExxonMobil. ExxonMobil said it condemns such abuses. Police in New Mexico say three people are dead and several are injured after a shooting in a rural town. The, the suspect is deceased, but prior to that, we know that three civilians were killed. It happened Monday in Farmington, which is northwest of Albuquerque. Authorities responded to a report of shots fired and eventually confronted a male suspect. Multiple officers are among those who were hurt. They were hospitalized and are in stable condition. Nearby schools were placed on lockdown, but they have since been lifted. The man behind ChatGPT will testify before Congress today. OpenAI CEO Sam Altman will take questions from lawmakers calling for guardrails and regulation of artificial intelligence tools over fears it could be abused. Altman's company is leading the development of AI with its popular generative language platform, ChatGPT. A bill banning Florida's public colleges and universities from funding diversity, equity and inclusion programs will soon become law in the state. Trey Thomas reports. Governor Ron DeSantis signed the measure Monday, saying DEI efforts are an attempt to impose an ideological agenda on students and faculty. He added that the initiatives promote exclusion and discrimination. The law is set to go into effect on July 1st. I'm Trey Thomas. Elon Musk is being subpoenaed as part of the lawsuit in the U.S. Virgin Islands accusing J.P. Morgan Chase of enabling sexual abuse by Jeffrey Epstein. According to Reuters, the subpoena is seeking all communications between Musk and Epstein, stating that Epstein may have referred the Tesla and SpaceX CEO to the bank. The lawsuit, filed by the Virgin Islands, claims J.P. Morgan Chase, quote, knowingly benefited from alleged sexual abuse by Epstein on a private island he owned in the territory. The next round of the Stanley Cup playoffs field is set. The Stars beat the Seattle Kraken 2-1 in Monday's Game 7 from Dallas to advance to the Western Conference Finals. Dallas will square off against the Golden Knights in the next round. Meanwhile, the Carolina Hurricanes host the Florida Panthers in the Eastern Conference Finals. A suspect on the terror watch list has been arrested trying to cross the border into San Diego. A suspect from Afghanistan on the FBI's terror watch list was arrested in Ote Mesa Wednesday after crossing the border illegally as part of a larger group. The incident was announced by San Diego County Supervisor Jim Desmond and confirmed by Congressman Daryl Issa. An NYU study has found, quote, alarmingly high levels of airborne toxins in New York City subway stations. Researchers took readings at 271 subway platforms back in December 2021 and found that pollution from airborne iron particles was 126 times higher than what people would be exposed to outdoors. That's a big concern because iron inhalation has been linked to autism, ADHD, cardiac and lung disease, plus cancer.
The Metropolitan Transportation Authority, however, insists there's nothing dangerous about subway air. A Colorado man reportedly tried to blame his dog to get out of a DUI arrest last weekend. Police in Springfield say the man was pulled over for speeding, but as the officer approached his vehicle, the man got out of the passenger side and claimed he wasn't driving. The man and the dog were the only two in the vehicle. In sports, the Red Sox lost to the Seattle Mariners Monday, 10-1. They're at it again tonight at 7-10. And the Celtics are in Game 1 with the Miami Heat Wednesday. Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC6. We have a southwest breezy wind that's going to keep us a little bit cooler than everyone else. We're only going to see temperatures around 73 to 75 degrees with partly cloudy skies today. Overnight tonight, 48 degrees. Cold front moves through and that's going to keep us cooler tomorrow. High of 63, mostly sunny skies. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. Right now it is 56 degrees and cloudy. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's news talk station, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. goes out to Kate Robinson because uh, if I mess with her at all, I guess I will be flirting with disaster. So I'm going to uh, avoid that at all costs. 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and get involved, you can also send us app chat messages on the WBSM app. Good morning to Not Bad in Tisbury, who sent in an app chat message. And, you know, I was talking about the Wonder Years earlier, and he asked if I saw the reboot of the Wonder Years. And I, I did. Uh, I watched it. I, th- I think they've had a second season. I don't know. If, did it get renewed? I don't know. I watched like the first six or so episodes. I got right up to where they had the episode where it had a connection to the original series. And then that was the last episode that I watched just because, you know, life got crazy and I, I never went back to it. So I have a tendency to watch things that people are discussing or that people have told me to watch or that you know, really catch my fancy because it's something weird and different and unusual. Generally, like most sitcoms or or network shows, I don't really get involved in unless it's something that somebody else that I know is watching and wants to discuss with me. Or if it's, you know, the reboot of Quantum Leap, which I go back and forth on. Quantum Leap is one of my favorite shows of all time, and I I don't know how I feel about this reboot completely also one of the things i've been watching recently is the just wrapped episode the just wrapped four episode series on mgm plus which if you have epics that's what it's called now the epics channel the epic service it's both epics is a streaming service and a, and a channel and they had a four-part series on the amityville case and i was enjoying it up until the last episode i thought that it was unfair in its portrayal of George Lutz. And so this week for Spooky South Coast, if we're able to, to come together and do an episode, I'm going to reach out to somebody who is close to George Lutz and see if he'll be able to join us and come on and talk about some of that. So uh, speaking of 
Well, two things. One, speaking of the MGM Plus service, if you do have it or if you aren't afraid to add on another streaming service even for a month, you can get it for five bucks. It's five bucks a month if you want to get it standalone. I think it's five bucks a month, too, to add it to your cable bill if you want to make it a channel as opposed to just a, a streaming service. They have a four-part documentary called Fall River, which came out last year. Or was it last year or the year before? But it was, it's about the Carl Drew case and Robin Murphy and those murders that took place in, uh, in Fall River, the Fall River cult killings, they call them. And it took a really interesting look into those. And a lot of people were kind of upset with how that series ended because of the way that it portrayed Carl Drew, who is technically a convicted murderer, but the conviction happened rather oddly. He was convicted of a murder based on the assumption that he had committed another murder that he was never charged with. So he wasn't convicted of the first murder, so they said that the reason why he murdered the, the other person was because that person was going to say something about him committing the first murder, but he was never legally responsible for that murder. So the Innocence Project was working on trying to get him out of prison where he's been since the early 80s. And in the early 2000s, when we started Spooky South Coast and we would talk about those murders, like people will say, oh, you haven't covered that topic in a long time. Even with that documentary coming out, well, there was a reason. We started getting fan mail from Carl Drew. He was, he had caught wind that we were talking about it and he was sending us letters, you know, thanking us for talking about it and, and hopefully he was going to get released. And I was like, I don't really need convicted murderers sending me fan mail. But when you watch that series, you can make up your mind for yourself how you feel about it. But anyway, it's on MGM Plus, which if you had the Epics channel or the Epic service, it just changed names. 508-996-0500. And speaking of spooky South Coast, I have an article up at WBSM.com and on the app about the paranormal. Uh, there was a, you know, we get all these emails here. And anybody that works in the media gets them all the time. Poor Kate, she probably gets 100 of them a day. But what they do is they, they send out these emails about a survey, a poll, a study, all of these things that, they, that, that are that might catch your interest and get you to write an article about them. But yet they're coming from the oddest sources because they're just trying to get you to send out and put out links to their website, which we try to ignore most of them, but sometimes we'll write about them. But like, we never want to write about them just to give them a fluff piece, which, and you might see that from other media outlets. You might see other media outlets writing articles about, you know, this survey finds that, you know, 90% of Massachusetts residents do this. And then when you read it, it's, you know, brush their teeth. And you got to worry about the other 10%. But still, the idea of they put this out there just to get you to write an article and link to it. And a lot of media outlets put them out there because it's easy to just kind of copy and paste that press release and put it out there and call it content. And people will click on it and read it because it's usually, you know, clickbaity to some degree. So we tend to ignore those when we get them. But I got one about the paranormal that kind of irked me a little bit. 
And so uh, we can talk about that when we come back after our next break. Somebody who, you know, spooky is their stock and trade. I, I have a little bit of an issue with that song. I don't think that considering, you know, saying, ah, no, 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 I, I got plans. I can't go out. It, actually, you know what? I think I would like to go out with you. I don't find that spooky. I mean, not, not, certainly not the girl being spooky. I'd be like, what's spooky about you? That her first inclination was to say, uh, no, I'm sorry, I have to wash my hair that night. And then said, yeah, you know what, on second thought, I think I will go out with you. She's not the spooky one. You are, dude. You're weirding her out for some reason. Maybe dial it back a little. Don't write a song about her as soon as you meet her. And don't call her spooky. She probably doesn't appreciate that. I mean, I know it's just a movie. You're just asking her if she just wants to go see a movie. But you're trusting, she has to trust you to be alone in the dark with her. And here you are coming up like, hey, here's a song with a cool bass riff that I wrote just for you. And she's like, what? I don't even know you. Sir, this is a Wendy's. So maybe maybe spooky isn't the right word to describe her. But anyway, I played that because uh, I was talking about this poll, study, survey, whatever you want to call it, that was put out by a website to try to get people to write an article about it. And I fell in hook, line, and sinker and wrote the article. But what I did is I wrote the article about how dumb it was. First of all, it's coming from a lawn care company. And, and I know that when I think about the world of the paranormal, when I think about ghosts and aliens and cryptids and all that stuff, the first thing that I think of is quality lawn care. And it makes sense when you think about it, right? Bigfoot goes stomping through your yard. You need new grass. A UFO comes down, burns a crop circle in your backyard. Well, somebody's got to take care of that, right? Can't have that stay. Chupacabras running through your yard, eating up all your plants. I know, I know. The Chupacabra means goat sucker. They're looking to drink blood, but if blood's not around, maybe they're going to eat your tomato plants. So I understand. Yeah, lawn care, paranormal, I see the connection. He says facetiously. So they put out this study, and in that study, they try to claim that Boston is the number 26 city in the country for paranormal activity. And they couldn't be more wrong. It's, it's way higher than that. And then they go through a bunch of these little towns... And they mentioned little towns where they have history of paranormal activity. They don't even mention the Bridgewater Triangle, which is one of the biggest paranormal vortexes in the world, let alone in the United States. So you can read about that at WBSM.com and on the app. But I think, I think it's bogus. 
I think maybe we shouldn't take the word of a lawn care company about the paranormal. Now, there was a, a an article that came out last year around Halloween time. Some, it was in October where it broke down city by city in Massachusetts who had the most ghosts. And New Bedford came in number two, which is a nice ranking. But I think it was Lawrence that came in number one. And so, of course, with any one of these ranking, survey, study, poll things, I want to look and see what's the methodology. Where are they getting this information from? How big is the sample size? How long were they looking into this for? And, of course, with the lawn care story, it's very convoluted and makes no sense. And the link to their methodology page is a dead link. No pun intended. So it's just it's just made up stuff as far as I'm concerned. But the one where they were talking about the number of ghosts, well, they went to this obscure website where people share ghost stories and just counted. Well, there's, you know, 15 from New Bedford and 21 from Lawrence. So Lawrence wins. But it's this website that nobody really knows about. Like, I knew about it because obviously I look up ghost stories from, from local places. But if you had an experience, it wouldn't be the place that you would go to and type it in. And I know I shouldn't get so wrapped up in some of these bogus stories. But I still wrote about it. I had to vent. I had to get it off my chest in the hopes that you might read it. So you can check that out at WBSM.com and on the app and respond on our Facebook page. Let me know what you think. But It claimed that whatever its methodology was, whatever its sample size was, it claimed Boston only had one report of a ghost. And then it claimed that Providence is tied for second in the country for the most paranormal conventions. And Providence doesn't really have any paranormal conventions. It has a couple of conventions where it has paranormal guests. Like at Rhode Island Comic Con, they always have a few paranormal people there, but it's not a paranormal convention. So I, I question your methodology and your survey-taking ability, lawn company. <laughs> I'm sure they care. They got what they wanted. They got the article out of it. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. In 508-996-0500. Coming up in the next hour, I want to discuss a report from New Bedford Light's Colin Hogan, which uh, is up now at newbedfordlight.org. But the story is, and it was posted yesterday, New Bedford schools focus on attendance after graduation rate dips in 2022. So they're, they're saying that the Chronic absenteeism of New Bedford schools, and Mayor Mitchell addressed this a little bit in the State of the City address, that it's something that they need to focus on going forward, that the chronic absenteeism is bringing down the graduation rate, which had been over 80% in 2020 and is now down to about 75%. I'm sorry. Yeah, about 75%, which is still huge improvements over the 58% it was 
when Superintendent Thomas Anderson took over in 2018. But some are probably questioning, is, is, is the dipping graduation rate why Superintendent Anderson was looking to find work elsewhere? We know that next year he will be the superintendent in his hometown of, of uh, East Hartford, Connecticut. So there's work that needs to get done to get the kids back in school and help get those graduation rates up. Now, chronic absenteeism, I don't know if that is as chronic as that term makes it sound. It's 18 absences or more. But 18 absences, when you think about it, doesn't seem like that many over the course of a school year. And I know people are going to call in and say you should be in school every day, and you're right. But you're allowed, I believe, nine excused absences throughout the course of the year, if that still holds true. That's what it was when I was in school. And if you had more than nine, then it became an issue. And if it's still that number, then yeah, 18 is concerning because it's double the amount. But you have to really break down and look into what those reasons are for the absenteeism. And and Colin Hogan does that in the article. So we can discuss that coming up in the next hour as well. But uh, I want to also let you know, too, that we are going to save you some money on some delicious food at SeizeTheDeal.com. Right now, you can get a $25 gift certificate to Paisoni's Pizza in Dartmouth for just $12.50. That means you can get their amazing pizzas, subs, salads, and more for half the price. So if you head on over right now to SeizeTheDeal.com, you can get your half-price Paisoni's gift certificate. But do that now because the deal runs out on Friday. This is not one of those deals where we only have a set number. This is something that we're giving you an option of getting one for a set number of days. So you want to make sure that you grab that before it goes away on Friday. And, of course, you can pick up some of our other great deals that are up there, too, at SeizeTheDeal.com. Always great deals there for you. And uh, and I'll tell you a secret. Fun 107 is having a restaurant week this week. They're out at different restaurants every morning this week. And you know what that means? 